You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. Good morning, Union. Great is God's faithfulness indeed. Um, As I uh, sat down to write the sermon this morning, uh, I asked God, who, who is it for? It's hard to be in this setting where we're kind of enclosed in our homes and um, there's like a facelessness to those we love. And so I asked God to give love a face. Uh, and I realized um, this sermon is for anyone who's feeling a bit tired for anyone feeling used up or bruised or burdened, this sermon is for those who are at the end of their rope, for those who have pushed and kept on pushing and will keep on pushing, but have yet to break through for the activists and for the protesters, for the medical workers and for the educators, for the leaders and for those who cannot go into one more room and defend their humanity. For the women who are tired of idea snatchers appearing in the form of male colleagues, and for the men who are tired of pretending like everything is okay. For the professor caught between creating a just learning environment and the department head so eager to tokenize her. For those who have been in the fight far longer than May 2020, and for those who cannot stand one more well-meaning white person asking if they're okay for the prophets and for the preachers, and for those who have been singing a song of justice out of necessity instead of fashionability, for the people who know that the kingdom of heaven drawing near is more than a scripture verse. It's a song in their bones, because if I can see that this is not how things are meant to be, then surely I can help pull us toward the home we were always destined for. I'm not interested this morning in correcting anyone's behavior or calling out that which has been killing us. I'm not interested in painting a picture of the future or providing some helpful understanding of the past. I'm I'm not even interested in working really hard to ensure that everybody on this call and beyond is seen and known and heard because all I'm interested in this morning is being well and reminding us all that we deserve to be well. My heart is breaking because I'm awake. And if your heart is breaking, that means you're awake too. I'm thankful for Uh, the metaphor of the modern day prophet, Dr. Cornell West, when he says, it's one thing to stay woke, but it's another thing entirely to have insomnia. Perhaps we've been running this race longer than our bodies were created for. Perhaps when God said God's justice would roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream, God didn't mean It had to happen on the backs of those whose sufferings were the cause for justice in the first place. Perhaps running ourselves into the ground is not virtuous. 
and any voice that says your fatigue is a sign of laziness or apathy is one so intertwined with the lies of capitalism that it is not worthy of being heard. Perhaps when Jesus said, go and proclaim the good news, the kingdom of heaven has come near, he meant it not as a death sentence, but as a sign that yes, your life, it will speak blessings over this world and therefore I need you to survive it. Perhaps when he says to his disciples, I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves. He was not offering them up as a sacrifice, but reminding them of just how cruel the world can be in the face of holy truth tellers. This Jesus we follow, he's not like other leaders we follow. He does not need you to demonstrate perfection or how you can power through a global pandemic, governmental collapse, local riots, and still make it home for dinner on time. He does not need you to embody some elite form of social consciousness whereby you have the revolution figured out and the plan moving forward in your back pocket. He does not need faithful employees. He needs you to survive. I think sometimes, um, we forget that Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. He was a teacher. And he stood in this long tradition of those who came before him. You see, when uh, Jewish kids would study in Jesus' day, they would go to school to learn the Torah until about the age of 10. And if they were good enough, only if they were good enough, they would keep on going, keep on studying. And if they were the best, they would go to a rabbi and apply to become a disciple. Not every rabbi looked the same or uh, interpreted the scriptures in the same way. And so a Jewish person seeking a rabbi to disciple them was actually asking to spend their life learning what the teacher had learned. A disciple doesn't just want to know what their rabbi knows, but actually wants to do what their rabbi does. When you become a disciple, you take on the yoke of the teacher before you so that you might spread it to others. But isn't it interesting that these disciples in our Bible, they didn't apply to follow Jesus. When we call his ministry radical, we really do mean that he was doing a new thing. Because any other teacher of the day would wait to see who might be worthy of discipleship, who could prove that they could do it. But Jesus walks to those who were already deemed unworthy and says, come and follow me. See, the reason why a disciple like Peter was in a boat casting nets instead of a synagogue studying the law was because someone somewhere along the way told him that he was never going to make it as anyone's disciple. But Jesus saw something that they did not see, a prophet hidden in fishermen's clothes, a preacher hiding in the poor speech of a laborer, a disciple who need not be anyone other than who he was in order to live life most fully. You see, he looked at the disciples and said, I know that you might think this sounds crazy because I know what they've led you to believe. But I think you could do what I do. You could be like me. You could heal, cleanse, cast out, raise the dead, you can do it, and you don't need anything other than who you are to make it happen.
We who are committed to doing the work of justice at this time know just how easily we can fall into the trap of believing that our lives are disposable in service to some higher call. And you will be hated by all because of my name, Jesus says. I've got questions for Jesus here. I want to know what he means when he says that, because how do you expect any of us to heal and preach and pray as you do if the breath of the enemy stays hot on our necks? I want to know what kind of savior would be so willing to put our bodies on the line. I want to know how we can be any good to anyone if our lives are marked by our sufferings at the hand of this cruel world instead of by the beauty we breathe back into it. But this is not a sermon about a guy who uses us up and spits us back out. This is a sermon for those who have been on the journey for quite some time and are feeling crushed because of it. This is a word about how your body matters to God and your dignity, it matters to Jesus and how the dust of this life is not meant to cling to your holy flesh. Look to the whole of the story, beloved, because Satan is a big fan of half-truths, of taking God's word up into his ugly fist and distorting it into that which seeks to harm you instead of pull you into further flourishing. I am so done with any person who waves a Bible in the air to condemn you to hell. We were not destined for such places. We were not created for such things. So let me be clear when I speak these words on this morning of all mornings, you are important to God. So important that the savior of the whole world would seek you out just to make love happen. We are not called to walk into lion's dens and allow them to devour us. No, when he calls us to go out and preach the truth, to tell the story, to sing of justice, he says it like this, go into the different houses and let your peace come upon it. Tell them your truth, let your life speak. And if anyone will not welcome you, if anyone will not honor you, if anyone tries to tell you who you are, you better take that piece back, shake the dust from off your feet, and get up out of there. If there is one thing Jesus taught us how to do better than anything else, it is throw shade. Be innocent as a dove, he says, but wise as a serpent. When Palestinian Jews in Jesus's age would return to the Holy Land after venturing out into uncertain, unknown, unchartered places, they would shake the dust off of their clothes, their hair, their skin, because they knew that in order to return to the very place they belonged, they had to rid themselves of the dust from places that could not hold them. So shake the dust, Jesus says. They are not worthy of your power. I am reminded of the horror of this administration that would be so brazen as to roll back healthcare protections for transgender persons on the anniversary of a hate filled massacre that took 49 innocent and beautiful queer lives. I am reminded of every child, every teen, every sacred body that has to stand before the world and defend not just their goodness, not just their belovedness, but their very existence. I am reminded that this world, it will not love our flesh for us. And so it is a powerful testament to the God who raises the dead when we can love our own flesh, when we can take our 
our peace back, when we can leave the houses that will not see us as human and shake the dust as we go, when you walk into spaces that demand more of your body than your body can give, shake the dust, when they demand you provide a defense for why your pain is valid or why your story is beloved, shake the dust, when they try to tell you that your pursuit of love and justice for all people in this world is stupid, naive, shake the dust, shake it from your garments and do not let it weigh you because we were not designed to remain in houses that refuse to love us. This is the word for those who cannot continue on without a break, who cannot keep running this race without a moment of respite, who cannot stand in one more room listening to the head of the table tout justice while holding the cord around their neck. Let your peace return to you. Take it back for those whose bodies are burdened with the weight of systems and structures that wrote them out of existence, for any queer person needing to educate their own pastor in how love works, for the preachers disguised as children who speak half English and half God shake the dust. Let your peace return to you. You see, when you go out there, Jesus says, you don't have to take gold or silver or extra provisions because for this work, who you are is enough. Who you are is enough. Please hear me when I preach this word this morning. Who you are is enough. If there were ever a time, if there were ever a season, if there were ever a moment to be out and loud and to live into the fullness of who God created you to be, it is now. Let the confidence of your blessedness be the hair flip that shakes the dust into the faces of those who will not love you. We will not spin fairy tales here that say that with the right mindset you can overcome the evils of racism and homophobia because even Jesus knows they will drag you before governors and kings and flog you in the churches, but he also knows that when they try to hand you over, and ask you to state your name, it will be the spirit of death and resurrection that pours from your lips. I am reminded of the words of the prophet Isaiah when he says, shake off your dust and rise up. Free yourself from the chains on your neck. We are not called to remain in the spaces that try to kill us. We are called to shake them off before we keep moving forward. Let your peace return to you. Let the Lord bless you with what they would not receive from you. When I think about being a disciple of Jesus, of doing what Jesus does, I remember he was not invested in blindly giving up his whole life, but in trying to figure out if there could be another way. And he says, there is another way. There is always another way. He's not just giving us instructions when he says to go and, and tell them the kingdom of heaven is near. He's giving us power. So take it. Take your power and let it bless you. Let it bless you where they refuse to bless you. I'm tired. And I know that you're tired too. And I know that this isn't easy. And I know that there's still so much work to do, but we cannot move forward with the dust of those places that shamed us and hurt us and abused us still stuck on our holy flesh. 
So shake the dust. Shake it off. Make your worship in this place. Let it fall off of you. May your insistence on rest, let it blow away. May your communities of safety and care brush it from your garments. For you are important to God and you are enough and God needs you to survive. So may it be so. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.